0: A big thank you to all the companies that are helping support The Real Rescue Podcast. SR3 Rescue Concepts, Life Saving Systems Corporation, Breeze Eastern, and Flipping Coffee. If you've not sent these companies an email, you absolutely need to. You wanna know why? Well, it's because they all work together. When you email them, they will absolutely set you up for success. All of them have a great working relationship with each other. For helicopter training, contact SR3. For hoist information, contact Breeze Eastern. For rescue equipment, contact LSC. And for a great cup of coffee, contact Flippin Coffee. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. They are a training company that can help your training program with standards, safety, and maybe just an FAA refresher. They are ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations and equipment. The training staff is awesome! With certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crew members that offer training in rescue, medical, tactical, firefighting and ground operations. SR3 has partnered with Petzl to assist with any personal protective equipment inspection courses. And the highly specific Lazard, which is used for helicopter, cliff, and mountain rescue. In addition to that, if you listen to our episode with Hans and Alvin, episode 10, and they used it on a boat rescue, which was amazing. So contact them today, sr3rescueconcepts.com. That's sr3rescueconcepts.com. Or see them over on Instagram at sr3 rescue. Then we have Life Saving Systems Corporation, who manufactures the world's toughest helicopter rescue gear. From their Triton harness, which is my favorite rescue man harness, to the rescue basket, litters, and of course, the most popular hoist hook and helicopters, the D-Lock. The team at LSC cuts, bends, welds, and machines these products into existence every day. We do our work so you can do yours. LSC Tough Gear for Tough Jobs. Check them out today at lifesavingsystems.com and follow them on Instagram at Rescue Gear. That's at R-E-S-Q-G-E-A-R. Breeze Eastern. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years their commitment to the rescuer operations, and those rescued has not. Contact Breeze today by visiting Breeze-Eastern.com. That's Breeze-Eastern.com. Then we have Flippin' Coffee. At Flippin' Coffee, we roast each batch to perfection to bring a smooth, delicious cup of coffee that you won't find in most other brands. We like to keep it simple, brewing real coffee, using real ingredients for real coffee drinkers. Contact them today at FlippinCoffee.com to order your bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. As a bonus, you type in the promo code, all capital letters, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q, and you get 10% off. Thank you to all of our sponsors who are helping make this podcast grow. It's much appreciated. Our next guest and I had another amazing conversation. Yeah, it's all about rescue and, and everything that they did in the helicopter. It's awesome. Uh, I love what they did. They went above and beyond in two areas that they never expected to go, which is always a fun story to hear. In addition to that, since he got out of the military, he has been roasting his own coffee. He's made his own business called Flipping Coffee, And Flippin' Coffee has been a big help here at this podcast, and I much appreciate it. So without further ado, United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 663, Mr. Caleb Flippin'. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues, and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is... The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Real Rescue Podcast. I got a killer guest with me today, Mr. Caleb Flippin, United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 663. What's up, Caleb? How are you, my friend?
1: What is up? I'm so happy to be here, man. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'm psyched to have you here, man. I, I appreciate it like a lot. This is awesome. Um, so... If you don't mind, tell everybody about yourself and kind of fill everybody in what you are or what you're doing now and so on and so forth. How you got into search and rescue, how you got in the Coast Guard, how you got to be a swimmer, the whole resume. I want to hear it all.
1: Awesome. All right. I mean, I guess there's no real place to start other than the beginning. So uh, it's, my name's Caleb. I'm from Tennessee. Uh, never really, I was never grew up. I actually never saw an ocean until I left for boot camp. Never. No swim team uh. or anything. What uh, a good way it, to start <laughs> in the Coast Guard for 10 years. Uh, I started that um, as basically just a, a young, really troubled kid uh, in Tennessee that I was probably gonna go to jail. Uh, you know I, I've always always <laughs> said that swimmers uh, I believe will wired different. Any elite group is the seal, the PJs. Uh, and you can tell that just by looking at us on the hangar deck uh, and not that we're, I'm not saying we're better. We're just different and yeah. Everybody uh, is jealous, was jealous of our job until it was nighttime and it was cold. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. You So yeah, wired differently. <laughs> I was just a really wild, undisciplined kid. So I got with my uh, father and my stepmother and uh, within a, like a year or two, got that somewhat disciplined enough to realize that I needed to leave this small town and go join the military. And it was gonna be the Coast Guard and I was flipping through <laughs> uh, the recruiter's book because my father was a ranger. And he gave me some advice. He's like, because I wanted to be a seal. I, that's what I wanted to do. I want to be the best of the best. And he said, uh, why don't you learn to go and, and save a life first? Just do me this favor as your old man. Do this favor for me. And I did it. I, I thought it made a lot of sense. OK, I'll, I'll go do this. And I wanted to I wanted to impress my father. Um, I've always looked up to him. He's my hero. And so I did. And uh, I pointed, I was going through the recruiter's handbook and uh, I saw the guy jumping out of the helicopter. I was like, I want to do that. That's what <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. And the recruiter laughed at me. <laughs> he goes, Good luck. He goes, Everybody does. And I was like, OK. So get through boot camp, uh, get up to Kodiak, Alaska. <laughs> right. First time on a plane was heading to boot camp and uh, get up to Kodiak, Alaska, make it through there. to to the airman program and man i've got will milam um i've got joseph metzler those are the two that really stick out Uh, was up there too joey grisinha was up there he just retired by the way
0: yep
1: yeah got up there did my Airman program and yeah they had they had my number going to a school so (laughs) oh
0: my
1: gosh Uh, gosh. so So you
0: know what We're, we're gonna drop we're gonna throw a couple of name drops in there right now because I talked about it, uh, in, in other areas, but you know, my mentors were Jason Bunch, uh, Bob Watson and Will Milam. And, you know, all these guys, Joel Metzler, John Hall, you know, that, that was my shop. Those are my mentors when I got out of school. And when you say you, they had your number, you walked into school with those guys. Yeah.
1: Walked into school, and and this is something I know we just talked about here recently. Nobody talks about the John Hall, Jason Bunch, Bob Watson era of A school. (laughs) Bro, can we at least admit the guys coming out of A school were a little bit harder? (laughs) Uh, You know,
0: I'll I'll give it to you. Uh, And I'm not taking anything away from my instructors, but you had some gnarly guys that that knew uh, it was up.
1: (laughs) We walked in and this is around the time they're making the movie. So oh, nice. Dude. The Guardian.
0: Excellent.
1: Yeah. yeah. So people are coming and touring the school every now and then. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, man, I had seven no go's within like the first three weeks. Wow. Even, like, oh man, I was I had no problems with like numbers or anything like that. I was just it was a head game when I got to the pool. I was I was getting distracted with things outside of the military, and uh I'll give it to Hall, though. He did pull me aside and was like, what's your problem? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Good time. in And uh, basically gave me a choice and said that, you know, I could go back to the class behind us and just kind of get a fresh start This these few weeks in because they knew physically from me being in Kodiak that I could put out. So yeah. I wasn't the slowest in anything and could put up the numbers. And usually my head was right. But – So I was just distracted. Anyways, uh, he gave me that opportunity and I I went through the rest of school with, uh, with no more no-gos, man. (laughs) I couldn't get a single one. So, and it was, it was, I was going to go back to a boat or wherever they wanted to send me if I took that shot and failed, you know? So I just, you know, gutted it up. So, uh, But I'll tell you what, though, there was nothing more intimidating than getting to school and hearing about Bob Watson. And the rumor was at school is he had four DFCs and he only (laughs) scored two because those were the hard ones. So this is our Chuck Norris. Yeah. And then who's like when we would see him working out with I think was going to be his future wife or girlfriend or whatever, like he is like giving her commands on how to do a squat the same way as if I was. standing in front of him we're like is he just this on all the time (laughs) you're
0: talking john hall and brooke and his wife brooke
1: yes yeah on all the time i'm even with his wife yeah dude's a machine yeah like no way and we could always tell at a school by who came out wearing what what was gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I swore Bunch hated me. I swore he hated me. He <laughs> had my number. And if he came out first, I was like, we're going to do a lot of sprints and a lot of running. And it, just, we're just, it was going to be the worst workout for my body type because he's a shorter guy. Yeah. So all oh. When Ornott came out for these long runs, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> you do the long runs, man. I'm six four. I got long legs. I'm good. I'm like 165 pounds at the time, and I was just skinny and running. Oh man,
0: that's awesome.
1: Hall came out. Hall was just gonna make us work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, that's- that that's yeah. awesome. And, I, and so you had it, a very different aspect than I did. Cause like I said, I was in the shop with those guys for well over a year and you know, I, they were, they were mentors to me. And, and every time, like I remember going on swimmer flights with Jason Bunch and him being like, "Oh, dude, 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 Look, try it like this, this, and this. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. He's like, I know. What what are you doing?
1: <laughs> and then Bunch put me under water one day. Cause uh, I was doing the, I was doing a multi and I remember I went to go underwater and I, I, I inhaled water. Um, my mask got ripped off. I was just, it was the beginning of school. I just forget. I was underwater. Next thing I remember, I'm on the side of the pool. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, water. <laughs> and I think three of us went to the med- medical that day. A couple of us went that day. And I know there were a few DORs. I just, I just remember coming back and just, you know, not quitting and, uh, and bunch. The next time I was in the pool, he just wanted to test me. And he took me. He took me to the bottom of the pool, and I had no air in my lungs. And the last thing I remember doing before I blacked out was like just the cross chest control and just kicking to the surface. That's I was just. That's all I was doing. Was just holding just it to the surface. <laughs> and woke up on the surface. to bunch going. All right, good job. <laughs> yeah. just, what happened? And I just thumbs up. <laughs> I did when I blacked out, which was control cross chest and kick. That's all I was doing. I was like, uh, I don't think he realized I completely blacked out underwater. Didn't <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god! Well oh. done, well done to uh, Jason, John, and Bob. Good job. All Good right. right yeah. You yeah, know, well, well done, Caleb. All right, you made it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you. And um, oh nope. yeah, they sent to New Orleans shortly after that, so I, I was sick. And uh, I came back to uh, sewing class, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, we picked our units. You have Mobile or New Orleans." Keep in mind, Katrina just happened. Oh like, wow! As we, were in, as we were heading to our school, Katrina happened. So I show up. I was like, "I'm not going to Mobile. I'm I'm here for search and rescue." And or not pulled me to the side and was like, "You know, I didn't really care. I, I had seven no goes, anyways. I knew I had the last pick." Uh, yeah. And uh, was like, "Dude." you're probably going to get more search and rescue than anybody in your class. Sorry. It's it's yeah. Besides, you know, Kodiak and stuff, but as far as volume, it's busier uh, as far as like being uh, more, 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 more dangerous. I mean, every case is dangerous, but it's not like Kodiak weather. It's right. hurt. So, well, yeah. It's, I mean
0: the hurricanes and stuff that rolls through new Orleans are ridiculous. And the, every year. you know, I mean, heck, I, I was just talking to, um, you Know a, a pilot that was stationed down there and he goes out and is pulling guys out that get had their legs ripped off because of you know fishermen get get it wrapped up in the in the in the rigging and next thing yeah. you know you guys are coast getting launched out go get them so
1: we had a lot of medevacs while I was still getting qualified I remember Pierre Boucher had one uh bull rig guys getting transported out by helicopters walked into a tail road oh uh, and, man yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, I had many uh, medevacs on those old rigs. There's not as many down there now because you have all the private companies like Priority One and stuff that uh, those old old oh. companies employ, which is good. I'm glad there's a place for us to go after after you know a swimmer tour because that was always a big thing. We don't we didn't really have anywhere to go in the private sector, right. and uh, now and that's yeah. probably why you're in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, New Orleans was, I mean, I hit the ground running, got qualified fast, had a great shop. Actually, uh, still to this day, I think that was one of the best shops I was ever a part of because uh, those guys still took me in after they had been through so much. And you got to, I never appreciated the mental strain they were under until like now, now that I've, I've you know, had my time and have been out and gotten older and matured because man, I was 21. Yeah, So I couldn't imagine, like, dealing with a 21-year-old ready to go and, you know, these guys have been pulling out, you know, kids out of rooftops and stuff. Right. So they were ready to snap, but they still didn't, and they carried on every day. Kurt Peterson, uh, Chief Damata. I mean, I, I can name off names of Chris Monville were some of the guys that, you know, Izzy, Israel Parker, you know, some of the guys that I could say that really kind of just took me under the wing and, uh, you know, Dave Foreman. All those guys and had it had a, just a really great shop down there uh ian mcphillips i mean i could go on for days and, uh i kurt peterson uh he was the first class down there and i remember the first time he yelled at me dude <laughs> for not cleaning the swimmer seat properly he's like go oh, out and clean the swimmer suite uh swimmer seat and i thought i did you know i don't know i was worried about other things since <laughs> That flight and it still smelled like mildew when he was going. <laughs> Boy, he was fired up. He just pulled. I made sure the swimmer <laughs> seats were clean after that.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, that's good.
1: New Orleans was busy, man. Uh, it was uh, my first star case in New Orleans. Was the biggest learning lesson, um, and that's what I, that's why I truly appreciated my shop. So I get qualified. I'm there. First night, sarcas case goes off. And that's New Orleans. It's A lot of times it's three or four times a night. Uh, most of the times you get back and the, the, they bagged out two duty crews and the, the backup guys flying in. So we need two more duty guys to take on for the, uh, the rest of the day for that 24-hour shift so those guys can go home and sleep. Yeah. So um, I get there ready to stand, stand duty, take what I can off this this shop that has just been through. You know, hell, dude, and for for months and yeah. living in years and you know, and it's still it's still wrecked down there. I, I didn't, I still saw blue roofs of the tarps and stuff every flight, even after I'd gone had left after four or five years. So I go on the star case, get launched, boat on fire. This is a classic multi. This is yes. we just had this right in the A squad. I was like, I remember this multi. Yes. Did they know Did they know? So it's boat on fire, people in the water. Flying out, I could see the fire. I ran out through right, right through the cockpit, right, you know, right through the windshield. Yeah. See, all of a sudden, we see the fire, and I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm just sitting there waiting. I'm patient. I'm patient. Brand new, brand new. Fly over. You see, I'm not, I'm not joking. Just like in multis at a school, you see a raft, and then you see a, a strobe light with a guy who didn't make it to the raft. So there's two. Oh, in the no car. way. I'm like. I already know what I'm doing. <laughs> I got my plan. Fins are on, homie. Put me in, coach. <laughs> the pilot goes, ah. We're gonna call that boat on over because they're in like miles. I could see the boat at night in NVGs because the boat it's it's a uh, it's a Coast Guard boat, and he's I mean he's a few miles away now. Knowing what I know now, and we know that you can go under it any minute, any yeah. second. It yeah. doesn't they're gone so like time I'm every second matters yeah and uh you know I'm, I'm I'm wanting to say something but he, he's a he's a lieutenant it's my first duty night I didn't know I didn't know what to say other than like I'm just like hoping these guys don't go down and I'm just like ready to get in and then I think the mech was even looking at me like are you gonna argue gets <laughs> like, oh. so he, like, these guys and we we go back and I was, I was so upset, but at this time I was, I was a completely different person. Uh, I kept everything inside, everything, like just didn't talk, didn't let emotion out. Um, and I get back and the shop just starts kind of like, hey, so what happened last night? It comes up, you know, and I was like, well, this happened. And then, you know, the pilot said this and they were like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And they were like, man, we got to talk about it. And everyone's like, you have to start, you have to speak up because a lot of, you know, a lot of pilots are not rescue swimmers. You are the search and rescue expert. You yeah. are, they do not. And the, I, this has rattled in my head for years. They do not think search and rescue. They think keeping that aircraft in the air. That is their job. That is what they are trained for, for day one. Yeah, right, McCann, yeah, yeah. Uh, electricians everything is trained on that job and keeping that aircraft in the air we are trained from day one search and rescue right EMT that's what we are and uh so we are the expert when it comes to that when it comes to life saving we are first and that's why we're always referred to and from then on I never not spoke up and I had many you know sometimes clashes um but ultimately being the youngest person in the aircraft because of what I was trained to do at a school and what that shop taught me, I was able to speak up and I, I was, and we, we saved so many lives in new Orleans because of it, you know, we we, in it, we were able swimmers are able to put themselves in that position. Okay. If I was in that situation, what would I do? And oftentimes that helps in search and rescue. And it was talking with that shop who had so much experience, even just not, even not just from Katrina, just from new Orleans. Right. Uh, Made me the swimmer that I was, and uh, prepared me for all the circases after.
0: Dude, wow, man, that's that's crazy. There's so much to learn from that too, and
1: just that one circase yeah. like that, sucked. But I ultimately came away with uh, a lot of knowledge. I mean, I had that shop was rated for 12 swimmers, which is crazy because it's so busy. But at the time, there was probably like 10 in there, and 10 of them between all of them first. I mean chiefs a couple first seconds and all of them had been in Katrina for the last several months yeah and the knowledge there just from that alone plus all the years that they have been doing it um in New Orleans the busiest air station as far as volume that the Coast Guard has like so when I got there it was like 400 and something star cases a year it's like yeah
0: it's a lot New Orleans right? has a lot you yeah. know I I'll tell you, I, man, I I got I almost got to debrief this with you as well. Come on, man. Let, we got to talk about this. So for everybody that's going to be the new guy, everybody that's getting to the aircraft for the first couple of times, the first case, oh. do not be afraid to speak up. You have to speak up. Like, you know, and, and I was with you. I got I remember being in the aircraft, uh, my first case, and, and even my first couple of training flights. And, you know, I remember saying something, to somebody when we got back and they looked at me sideways. They were like, why didn't you see something in the aircraft? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. And and that was a wake up moment for me too. And I think everybody has it, but if we can help anybody that's going out right now, you can be respectful and you can come over ICS and you can say, hey, how about this idea? See where it goes. You might get somebody that's more senior says, you know what? I appreciate you saying that. This is why we're not going to do it. Or they're going to come back and say, yeah, why, why are we going to let these guys sit in the water for another 30 minutes? Go
1: get them. Yeah, exactly. And that exact scenario happened to me uh, three years later. Um, you know, a star case where the guy was overdue. We flew out and it was out towards uh, Mississippi. So there's a lot of little islands and stuff out there, a lot of marshland. A lot of places to get lost man in new orleans and between the new orleans and the aor is huge it goes all the way to florida it's crazy all the way to texas all that marshland walk land everything and i remember we were looking for a guy and i was on mvgs and you know how far you can see and with night vision goggles yep yeah. and um, i'm like man if this guy's out here if i was him and i was in trouble i would try to get to an island at least at least i'm dry like that's all I can, that's all. And I would always be looking for those, but you know, we have to do a search pattern. Right. We're in the search pattern and it's late. And this guy's been gone for about 48 hours. Like he's been missing for and by this time. Like I'm concerned because now we're dealing with dehydration and exposure.
0: Right. Yep.
1: So, you know, he's overdue. It's like, okay. Um, hopefully he can signal us because it's just dark out here. And so I see a flicker outside of the search pattern because night vision goggles can see much further than, you know, Cause it's just so bright. It's just a flicker, but it looks just like a fire. And I was like, that is a fire. I say it, I bring it up and you know, Mark, 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 I've got a, uh, a flicker over here. I'd really like to go and check out. And the pilot challenged me. He's like, no, we have to complete the search pattern. We got a guy who's been missing for 48 hours. He's just at this flickers just, just outside of the search pattern on an Island.
0: It, it, it makes sense. It makes I, sense.
1: I said this, I I voiced it again and why I'm concerned and why we should break away from this search pattern, because there seems to be a habit of just checking boxes. Right. And pilots are supposed to do. I'm not knocking them for it. But when you get obsessed with that, it becomes the job. And unfortunately, when lives are at stake, we're we're not checking boxes. We're right. saving lives, you know? and
0: and, and that goes beyond just pilots too. That's everybody in the aircraft that checks that's that box and
1: everything. We we yeah. pilots can are there to back us up for sure because and they have to be squared away. There's so many knobs and buttons, but that gets you into a checking the box because you got to make sure everything's right or this aircraft's going down again, keeping us alive. Yep. But it tra- it doesn't translate over into when it comes to saving lives. And so I got challenged a second time and anyway, I got rank pulled
0: in the aircraft in the cockpit. And, oh, that's uh, interesting. That, uh, that should never happen by the way, ever
1: Should not happen. So when the rank was pulled, um, I voiced again for the last time and the co-pilot and the flight mechanic then backed me up. Because it was this point, I was up, I was about to, you know, like call Op center right now. Like I'm I'm challenging this entire flight. If you're gonna pull rank on me, that's where I was at. Wow. Uh, at this point, I didn't trust my pilot because, so he agrees to go and fly over. So this is not over yet. And even if I'm wrong, I, I need to know that I'm wrong. Yeah. 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 And I know you can understand that. You've been in, and you, you need to at least know you're wrong because if you go back without checking that flicker, if we finish this search pattern and we go home, it's going to bother me. Yeah. It's going to bother me. <laughs> like, yeah. man, it could have been the guy. So we fly over, we get right overhead. This is what you see next to a fire and a wrecked boat.
0: Some dude <laughs> waving. No way.
1: I promise you. So he goes, well, what do you think is this the guy and i come up immediately to the pilot sir regardless he's in trouble we're getting him like <laughs> even if it's not the guy we're looking for we found somebody who is clearly in distress it was the guy we were looking for by the way so we get back and this comes up to speaking up we get back to the uh i don't say anything we save him i go down i get him we get him back home to his wife and his kid he's happy he was you know he was able to just to get the fire to use what battery power he had left to start a fire on this deserted island like there was nothing there and so uh, we get back home and he's like we do the brief and he's like well i think that went fairly well and i've been holding it in <laughs> 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 and uh, and i just rehashed everything and ultimately we did end it well and uh, he did apologize and- um, I think it was a, a really big learning lesson for him, and uh, he trusted me from now on. We had flights after, and I always watched him a little closer. But ultimately, I I earned his trust, and uh, I was young too. And you know, so I sometimes I like I'm young. I tend to be like very direct, and I can uh, that can be off-putting. So, but ultimately, um, the crew was happy with it, and we saved the guy's life. I
0: mean, he man, was, that's awesome. Uh,
1: that was a good one. That was a pretty good. I was just that was a huge learning lesson. That was just what I had learned from that first, it came back three years later. Like if I don't say anything, like we'd have left the guy that could have been his last night. We don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. Especially down in, you know, when you talk about new Orleans and Southern United States, it's hot during the day, you know, out on a deserted Island, there's no water down there. That, yeah. So
1: and it's not fresh water. Cause it's, it's all salty. So uh, yeah. you're talking we're off the coast of Biloxi.
0: Yeah. Wow, man. Life safe. Checkbox. Yeah. <laughs> i like checking that box, <laughs> that
1: box that is, that is, you check but uh you know we can we cannot check these boxes to be sure we get this guy like i get it and the pilots are there to do that for a reason but it's sometimes a mentality that can be a hindrance to what we swimmers need to do
0: yeah yeah
1: damn man there's no checking boxes in the in the water man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's such a true statement Yeah. Uh, yeah, is there, a, is there a box for uh, Labo's case at 50 foot waves? I don't, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was telling you about that one. I'm like, it's funny because, you, so I got a funny story about this guy. I got, had a shoulder surgery and, you know, we get, every now and then you get a mech that doesn't like you. But try to get me going on a food run. I was like, no, <laughs> I was being a butthole. I was like, no, <laughs> I had to stay in duty because I had shoulder, but I'm not doing anything. You're just like, I just had shoulder surgery and I was young and cocky, but ultimately we got in a little argument and uh, he, the next day he tried to not only write me up, which was crazy for not going on a food run, but he tried to get me to go out and stand cloud watch because they were defueling a plane. Homie, I'm a rescue swimmer. That is a, (laughs) like, this is how I'm thinking. I'm like, that is an insult. Uh, Go get an airman to watch the clouds. So I go to stand up and say something, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to say something that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. And Lobenstein, that motherfucker, just mother effer, every other word, <laughs> hits the watch captain door into the, the ops in there or whatever, um, uh, to maintenance, maintenance, crawls down the watch captain's throat. All you can hear is yelling, comes back into the swimmer shop and is like, You with me for the day. <laughs> that little bomb. <laughs> And I was like out <laughs> of uh, Lob's way, man. <laughs> dude. It was mother effort, every other word, every day. He was mad at somebody. But I love that guy. He was funny. He was I love a,
0: Lava. Oh my god. That guy. Okay.
1: He's the epitome of the oldest of old school in uh in the Coast Guard Swimmer program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, there is a, if there is a definition of salty swimmer.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Lavo. Lavo's one of the guys for sure. Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) Man, freaking lavo. Well, you uh while you were in New Orleans, you actually had, and this is one of the things you and I talked about offline as well, is you had a pretty gnarly um event, and even though you weren't there for Katrina you got a little something of your own here and, uh, and got yeah. an award for it. So I'm, I'd like to touch on this for a minute and kind of get a rundown. It's like, cause this, this in particular case right here, you guys went to Missouri and, and, uh, you know, when I was reading this, I'm like, Missouri, th- there's no coastline in Missouri. What?
1: It's so, in Missouri.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> cool. A very unique case. So if you're good with it, I- I'm going to read the air metal here. And then, uh, and then you can kind of walk us through. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, absolutely, buddy.
0: Awesome. All right. So citation to accompany the award of the Air Medal to Caleb S. Flippin, Aviation Survival Technician, 3rd Class, United States Coast Guard. Officer Flippin is cited for meritorious achievement in aerial flight from 18 to 22 March 2008 while serving as rescue swimmer aboard Coast Guard Rescue Helicopter 865C-6551. During the catastrophic Midwest floods of 2008, a series of severe storms combined with an early spring snow thaw that led to rapid raising waters throughout Mississippi River Valley, overtopping numerous levees and flooding cities throughout the Midwest. Launching from Air Station New Orleans on the evening of the 18th of March, the Coast Guard Helicopter Rescue Crew flew more than 500 miles to Cape Girardeau. Missouri, if I pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry, but that's what it looks like to me, Cape Garado, Missouri, dodging thunderstorms and battling the turbulent instrument meteorological conditions on the edge of a large cold front. Arriving the next day, as the first air rescue asset on scene, the crew alertly spotted a man signaling with a flashlight from his flooded home. In torrential rains and sustained winds of 40 knots, Officer Flippin voluntarily deployed from a 120-foot hover through live power lines, trees, and light poles to rescue the survivor. Once the man was safely in the helicopter, the crew learned of two other victims trapped in a nearby house. Once again, Officer Flippin volunteered to be hoisted through the treacherous obstacles to evaluate, assist, and recover two more adults. The following day, the crew of the 6551 responded to a flooded community on Coon Island, Missouri, where nearly 100 residents were trapped by rising waters, repeatedly deployed from the helicopter to evaluate survivors, prepare them for recovery, and provide a first aid when needed. Pedagogy Flippin expertly facilitated the rescue of 13 members of the community, including an infant and two children, for a total of 16 survivors rescued in two days. His brave actions, rescue skills, and stamina were instrumental in the Coast Guard's overall saving of 52 lives from the worst Missouri flooding in over 25 years. Pedaster Flippin's courage, judgment, and devotion to duty are most heartily commended in keeping in the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. Dude, that is awesome.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: So, I mean, like... All right. So we had Katrina that happened and that was a whirlwind, you know, and and everybody knows it. Everybody knows from a world, you know, and, and it's weird to say that, but now fast forward 2008, like who thinks you're going to Missouri? I mean, come on, man.
1: 2008, um, honestly was one of the worst years of my life, uh, to believe it or not. And it was, it was really rough for me. I was, uh, I was in the coast guard. I lost my best friend. Um, to an accidental shooting uh, i lost my brother to uh, a kidnapping and murder by the uh, mexican cartel oh so god all happened in 2008. so then we're here um i, re- I remember because i always I've, I've had this saint christopher around my neck i'm not religious I, and it's, if you look up uh, who saint christopher was and what he did and how he compares to being a swimmer like you're it, the, the story of Saint Christopher was wild because I didn't know it till after I became a swimmer. My, my father gave it to me uh, as I left, and so I'm, I'm clutching this thing as we're flying. <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing about to do this 120-foot hoist uh, when I'm up there, so that was with me. So all this comes to culmination 2008, and then I'm on duty, and they say, it, I mean, it's a nice night. I'm actually <laughs> expecting to get to go to bed. <laughs> <Play>. <laughs> it was a nice night and they're like man we got uh, the SAR alarm goes off and then it cuts off and then they call me the opposite and they're like um, you're on duty right now right yeah I was in here and did the brief earlier <laughs> I'm the guy we're going to Missouri get ready and I'm like what and then they brief us and tell us it's, it's big storm they show us the radar and I'm like it looks like a hurricane on the radar you're just like it's huge just dark colors and yeah, so we just we start flying. I have no extra clothes, nothing. You know, we're just, go. All right, let's go to Missouri. Well, the plan was to get up there, get to a hotel. Uh, we flew as deep into the storm as we could. And you know in a 65, it may not be as deep as a 60 can go, but it's a rough ride, man. Yeah. it's. I'll never forget, uh, Taylor Carlisle, uh, she was my pilot, and Matt Loder was my flight mechanic. Um, we get up to some... No known airport out in the middle of nowhere, in Missouri, and uh, and ride out this storm and are just waiting, waiting for it to just get low enough to where we can fly in behind it, just like we do in hurricanes. Yeah, is, uh, and we're gonna do the same thing, but we're not over water. <laughs> we're we're over a valley. Yeah, like, it immediately just get in. There's these people have no. I mean, there's, there's no book written for this other than it just kind of, it happened in Katrina on the coast. We're in a valley. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's nuts. And we just, I just see a beam of light. Um, That first hoist was probably the scariest hoist that I've I've ever been in, but without the pilot and without, uh, and the co-pilot and the flight mechanic, especially the flight mechanic, if I could ever get a hold of the video, if Matt Lauder still has it, I'm still in contact with him. I've never seen a flight, a flight mechanic work so hard to keep the cable so still because I mean, you're at 30, 40 knot winds, 120 foot. Wow. Yeah. Hoisted to an area no bigger than a car.
0: Oh my God.
1: In 30 to 40 knot winds between power lines, and they were still live. That was That's what scared me. I was going down, and I started hearing bow, bow, bzzz, and I was like, oh no, these are, sh-. and I'm like, I'm within distance of them. Like I'm talking one swing, one and for one bad move from the helicopter to get that pendulum going. Holy I'm cow. I see the video after this, after this, uh, you know, these days are long done. And it's just Matt Lauder like working this cable. Like, I'm surprised he didn't rip it out of the hoist, <laughs> <right laughs> man. But it's also, you know, Taylor Carlisle that's up there and that's at the stick. And I don't, care, I don't care what anybody says about female pilots. I, she was the best pilot for that job that day because she did an impossible hoist to an impossible area just to get a guy out of a house. And I get down there. Luckily, he's good. Get him into a basket. What I didn't realize is when the basket was coming down, he had built his, his father had built this house because there was a, a flood like years and years before and it flooded out the whole valley, just like what was happening now. So they built the house up. So I'm going and stepping for this basket, and I step right off that ledge because it's underwater still, but oh, it's like, I <laughs> in, so I can't, and it's murky water. You know, it's, it's not yeah. the ocean. I step right off of it and straddle this concrete ledge. And oh. I thought I broke my tailbone. Like I was like, what? And I just kind of—it's on camera, but I, I walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the voice camera, but I'm so small, like <laughs> it's hard to tell what happened. But Matt told me he's like, I saw you fall. <laughs> I was like, I'm good.
0: I rubbed some dirt on it. I'm all right.
1: He told me there was two more people down down the road, so we went and got them, and uh, and then we were basically flying everywhere for the next three days. And I remember the next day. The two other crews got there. Now, keep in mind, this is the first time I've ever seen another swimmer on scene. And it's Shannon Brew. And he was staged at a, uh, and this is a nice day. These guys get all up here the next day. It's nice weather. Like it's flooding. Water is raging and still rising. Don't get me wrong, but it's sunny. Everyone's. Shannon's like, I've walked up to him at this firehouse at the staging point. All these houses that are getting flooded. Some people are still able to get full drives and boats. And, and we're dropping people off there. Yeah. And Shannon's like running the, the mass casualty into the Basically, he's just running this area. And I walk up. Everyone's terrified. We're landing on roads and pulling people off and stuff and going down into houses. And I walk up and I'm like, what's up, brother? And we just smiled. <laughs> <laughs> It's chaos everywhere. It and see each other and it's like kindred spirits. And that's where I told you, we're a little different.
0: Yeah.
1: We can sit there and just smile. And we're laughing about it because you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's chaos around us, but we're okay. And yeah. that's ultimately what lets them people know um, they're okay too. And then we get to, uh, we end up seeing one of the other uh, crews. And I remember they said that they landed in the parking lot, uh, picked the people up took them over to the airport, which is a, the, the final staging point that we were taking a lot of people, and flew back over the parking lot. Fifteen minutes later, it was underwater. So we knew the water was coming fast in a lot of areas, and uh, so I remember going down to this house, and it's surrounded by water, and we knew there was another surge coming. And I go down, and this is where the infant comes in. And you always get somebody who, you know, it's it's always a man who wants to be a bigger man than the man saving him. And yeah. I ain't, I ain't leaving. <laughs> it was it was a family. It was a uh, grandfather, grandmother, son, daughter-in-law, two kids, toddler and an infant. And it was the family. And, and the, the dad is doesn't want to leave. Grandfather, you can tell he's old and he's like, he's wanting to leave, but he's standing by his son. The wife was ready. So I, I convinced him to let me take the women and the children. And I was like, and I just told him, uh, you know, uh, like, let me take them, at least get them safe, you can still, you can hang out here. And he's like, I didn't think I'd ever had to convince somebody to save them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm telling you what's coming. Like, it, this house is gonna be underwater. Like, and it could be minutes. And, and we're seeing it all over. Places we pick people up from, the houses were gone. Like, when yeah. we fly over, and sometimes minutes later. It's crazy how flood water uh, is. It's not the ocean, uh, right. but it's very unforgiving more focused. And uh, so, and now I'm wondering how I've got a basket and I've got this small 65 and we're low on fuel, uh, extremely low on fuel. I'm wondering how I'm going to get everybody up. And I, I don't want the, the woman to go up with just the infant, but at the same time, I don't want to separate her from her baby. So now I'm thinking logistics and fuel. And I'm like, you may have to leave me. Like, And the pilot's very aware of that. And Taylor Carlisle is a very rock solid pilot. She's not going to leave me if she doesn't have to, but if she yeah. has to she, um, in order to save these people's lives, and, uh, luckily luckily didn't come to that, but I started having to think of how I'm going to get people in there. So I decided to put the grandma in first and then uh, let the mom and the baby ride in the basket together. And I was just going to go up with them. And so she can hand the baby off to the grandmother. Somebody had to be in that helicopter with that baby. Right. And then I, And I held on to the – actually, I ended up holding on to the baby and handing it off to the grandmother, and then the mother took the toddler. That's how I did it because I didn't – I was scared that the baby was going to be dropped, and I didn't trust anyone. Even the mother, uh, I let her hold on to the toddler because he was bigger, and I just – I don't know. I just didn't want that baby to fall, and I only really trusted myself in that moment to be calm and level-headed because, I mean, water's coming, and the mom knew it. She had that mother's intuition. She wanted to get her kids safe, and she wasn't going to – baby at all not not that i just i wanted to be so sure we didn't get that baby didn't get hurt so we get them up into the aircraft and the toddler man just stoic not not even scared and then uh we get back and we fly and then she asked me to go and get her husband and father so we fly back and i i I convinced Taylor, like I'm talking zero fuel, <laughs> zero. Fuel. I didn't even have time to talk to him. Like when I just went down there and I, I basically told him, I was like, it's coming, man. And now that his wife and his kids weren't there, he was ready to go. That was my plan all along. If I got the wife and kids away from him and separated them, he's going to want to go and be with them. Cause he just wanted to protect them. Right. And the only thing he knows how to do is protect that at his home where he's comfortable. That's, I didn't think about that. Like you're taking a person and, this is Katrina now, too. These people stayed because they want to be safe in their homes. And now, like, I'm sure all the swimmers dealt with that as well. The people not wanting to go, and it's not over. Right. <laughs> we did. We dealt with that. And then I remember uh, a funny thing happening. Uh, I, I, w- I did an interview. I remember it was on uh, YouTube, and I look at it, and I'm so skinny and white and frail. <laughs> I,
0: I saw had. it. It's cute. <laughs>
1: No sleep. And I'm like, interview, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, just tell me what happened. And then he turns the camera on and didn't say anything. It's not like a conversation that we're having. He's like, what happened? I'm like, I can't remember the last three days. <laughs> like, I haven't even slept. I haven't, I've, had, I've had nothing but two MREs. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, and so I tried to get through that. And I remember being at the airport and a reporter was there. And Olav Sabo, Commander Sabo, was like, you want to talk to that guy right there. And she comes over and puts the microphone or recording device in my face. And I'll never forget what I said is the first thing that came to mind. And she goes, What do you do? I go, I get people out of bad situations. I turn around and left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome.
1: Oh God, it was Olaf. He's like the guy who gets people out of bad situations. They got the news article. <laughs> And we finally got back <laughs> but yeah Shannon brew and uh Pierre uh, Boucher all got there uh, they were the other two crews and did some saving that uh those those next days but they got all the good weather i uh, I was there on the cold rainy real cold rainy day and the next day it's sunny and beautiful so yeah, yeah it was a good day that's
0: that's awesome well good. done well done whole crew man killer
1: yeah that, that <laughs> was the to this day, still, I mean, it it uh, it makes me sweat sometimes thinking about it or get that deep. I mean, it could just one false move, and uh, I'll never, uh, I can never thank Matt Lauder and uh, Taylor Carlisle enough for keeping that plane steady because my they they might have they did realize it at the time, but now looking back, it's like six feet, man. I was I was electrocuted. Yeah. And they- in those wins is unheard of. Matt Lauder, I, I, I believe to this day, is the best flight mechanic to ever be in the Coast Guard because I did a lot of cases with him and I've never seen such surgical precision in chaos. That's chaos. awesome. Yeah. I was just hanging. Oh, look. yeah. All right, let's not die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, nice shout out. I, I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well done.
1: God getting on like the other ones that i sent you like the naval helicopter association wanted me to ha- have me out and then the and then new orleans sent me around to a few dinners and let me meet a couple admirals for it and um, yeah, yeah it and you fun. were the
0: face of the coast guard for a while well done yeah that's that's awesome that's awesome
1: yeah. Yeah, the uh, the PA. Uh, I'm friends with her now. She's like, it seems like every time I'm coming to New Orleans, I'm needing to take a picture of you. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get to shop and Nobody wants everyone about Katrina. So of course. <laughs>
0: yeah, man, that's badass, dude. Good for you. Good job. Good job, yeah. dude. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing the stories with me, man. That's that's awesome.
1: Anytime. Man. Stories so. are what we have, and you know, I'm not a big picture taker. uh but I like to sit back and think. I don't have many people I can sit here and talk about swimmer stuff because they don't get it. They just look yeah. at me and they're like, dude, I've, I've got detectives because I train with detectives. Uh, I compete in martial arts and jujitsu and I train with detectives and cops and stuff. And I remember this one guy, he's a, uh, I believe he's a martial or something. Uh, he's like, man, I heard about you guys. You Were you a real swimmer? I was like, and I, he's like, a real one. I'm like, supposed to <laughs> <laughs> like a Coast Guard rescue so he goes dude we we don't we're always told you guys are unicorns it's like no no we exist yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we're a bit creepier and just kind of lurk in the shadows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's uh, great
1: it, it, is, it is a funny conversation but it's it's really there's no there's no story sharing or anything like that so this is a, a nice relief to get to come on and talk about uh swimmers and then get to listen to it and and hear this like if i was a new swimmer and this podcast anything like it existed the ability that you have to just sit here and talk and joke yeah it's funny but it's like this in almost every shop and then yes. you get to learn stuff too because like oh dude i never thought about that, that was a, one of the biggest things was after a sar- case sitting down like guys what do we learn you know, what What'd you do wrong? What would you change? Looking back, you know, because no case is the same, but those lessons, I, I became the swimmer that I was by learning from the Kurt Petersons, the Dave Foremans, all those guys, you know, yeah. Chris Monville, the guys ahead of me, the you, you guys that did it before me, going into those shops as a new swimmer, you're like you want to be cocky and part of the men, but you haven't earned anything. And yeah. uh, the best thing that I would say is to listen. I didn't do a lot of that until it was too late. I, I wanted to learn the hard way but uh, I would have listened more. That was probably the biggest learning lesson. All that experience in every shop you're going to go to, and there's going to be a wealth of knowledge and experience, even if it's not specific search and rescue, because we all know it's luck of the draw. Right. But like the unfortunate ones like me that, you know, was always lucky in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> always lucky. Le- <laughs> so I, it's funny you say that
0: because I actually, you know, for us it's lucky for somebody else it's unlucky, they're having a bad day. You get people out of a bad situation.
1: It's a bad situation. <sighs> get, Atlantic City after New Orleans, I was like, ah, finally a relaxing tour. First duty day. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Sorry, alarm <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> Said, Dang it out loud. <laughs> and then uh, I went, okay, went off. And then uh, it was a pretty gory case, actually. So I was, um, the chief, uh, Chief Smarto was like, it's probably best that it was you coming from New Orleans. You know, the thing, uh, you know, I had Pepe Carrere up there, obviously. He's very experienced. And, but the, uh, in a place like Atlantic City, typically uh, there's thirds and seconds. Like, you can do a whole tour up there without even doing a case. Yeah, know like, okay. There are units out there that don't do much SAR. So um, I was very fortunate to go to New Orleans and I, I, it became a second home. Like I still go back there and visit every now and then.
0: Man, that's awesome.
1: I missed that shop though. That was a cool shop. I don't <laughs> that, my favorite shop of all. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. It's the shops that, that really yeah. that stay with you for a long time. You the know.
1: Kodiak shop uh, was, was epic as an airman. I wasn't there as a swimmer. Uh, but the uh the new orleans shop i was my first shop so it's always gonna stick with me it's like first girl just like it's
0: (laughs) It's like your first girlfriend oh my god that is such a true statement that's awesome
1: (laughs) first girlfriend first love it's there and you know you're embarrassed by it or if you loved it you know either way you're never gonna forget it
0: Nope, that's a true statement that's awesome (laughs)
1: Sure. oh man and, I mean there were swimmers that I butted heads with but like that have reached out to me when we uh, when we you know we've lost swimmers that have gotten out like uh, my good friend dustin bernatovich and yep. you know I've I butted heads with Kurt Peterson um when he was there but all in all he's probably the best chief it, uh I served under because he was so hard on me and uh, and I was able you know he he was hard on me for a reason because I needed it and he he was one of the first people that reached out to me when my good friend Dustin Berntovich passed away I mean we were best friends he lived just a few hours from me yeah and so uh after he passed Kurt was one of the first like I was like man we butted heads like but he's it's the brotherhood man it's like you know you can hate and butt heads with each other but at the end of the day we do have a very very close connection and bond on something that we've all had to get through even if we didn't do it together we all know like okay you got the seal of approval because you made it through swimmer school right what i think of you as a person
0: right yeah as soon as you you pin those uh those crows on and you get your coin it's it, welcome to the yeah. brotherhood it's it's a
1: yeah now, so. <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah totally
0: yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what, man, the floor is yours. You can, uh, if you want to expand on anything else,
1: you know, Uh, well, I've got you. I think uh, that for swimmers out there, I know like my biggest thing coming out of the swimmer program and coming out of the Coast Guard was what are we going to do? And uh, I struggled and, you know, anybody, I've had guys reach out to me like, hey, should I stay in or should I get out? You know, and you know, I approach that conversation differently um, by who I, I have it with. Uh, because depending on what their situation is and, you know, if you do get out and you want to reach out to someone like me, um, and I'm a, I'm a business owner. I think I'm successful. I'm not a millionaire, but I have a house. I have a daughter. I have a truck. I have a coffee shop. I have a business. Uh, and I, I get- your
0: coffee is badass, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. It's flipping coffee. coffee,
1: flipping coffee. Yeah. So flippingcoffee.com. I started this during the pandemic. Um, Swimmers have a very hard time sitting still. I don't know any of us really lazy. Even that's even why I'm if, doing
0: this. <laughs> yeah,
1: even, like, even if you don't, even if you get out and you don't stay in shape, like it's still our minds have to have to constantly. We, we, we're the kids that the parents want to put on ADD because we don't stop moving. Right. Uh, you know. So, um,
0: I wish my wife could hear that right now. That statement because uh, it's such a, such a true statement. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah and my girlfriend is uh, she's the yin to my yang she puts up with it she puts up with me and she's uh, she's big into fitness she manages a uh, performance center and she's always just like dude like I just get into my my moments I get in here uh, I get out here and start roasting coffee like I'm basically in my warehouse I do a lot of roasting in my I call this my office because it's where I put together my roast It's how I think about what I'm gonna do but uh, the biggest thing is uh, like back on track sorry uh, is there are other swimmers that have gotten out and done and doing incredible things, man. A lot of guys doing great things. That yeah. I would say the biggest thing to take away with this, and I think what you're what people are going to find out really quickly uh, with your podcast, and this is why I'm so excited for it, is they're going to realize that there are a lot of people to talk to outside of the Coast Guard that can get you hooked up. That can be, you know, I, we had mentors when we became swimmers. There's no reason why we still can't be mentors coming out and friends. Totally agree supporting each other um we we definitely rise by lifting others up regardless of what uh, happened in the coast guard as far as like your tour who we have thought of as a person like it's a brotherhood um and we should we should always be here for you know one another and there are opportunities out there there's guys there's I know a lot of swimmers that are creating business businesses which is fantastic for the swimmer community because i'll tell you what man uh once i get to the point where i'm hiring employees and this because this company is growing and i'm having to do a lot of cool stuff and i'm enjoying it dude i'm swimmers they work they want to do great things they're gonna he's gonna buy in you know i would i'd hire a swimmer in a heartbeat because he's also in the brotherhood but there's right. there's opportunities and There's there's moment i just uh i never had somebody actually sit down and go hey man I'm going to be and, and until I was in and my father, and then I was a swimmer. That was the first time that people actually sat down and wanted to mentor me. And so when I got out, I was looking for a mentor, and people were like, What do you need a mentor for, man? You're badass. I'm like, I don't know how to be a civilian. <laughs> 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 did, they offer, did they offer you that class when you get out of the military, by the way?
0: Uh, the TAPS class, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: This guy was too cocky to take it. Six uh, months you're out, a
0: dumbass. That's okay. Six
1: out of the military, I looked at I looked at my daughter's mother. I went, I should have taken that class. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So oh, there are man. opportunities. There are people like yourself doing great things, man, uh, that are in the swimmer community. And I just I think this podcast is great because it's gonna nice. highlight those. It's gonna highlight all those people out there doing great things. So getting out of the military, man, if you're a swimmer and you're lost not even a swimmer anybody and you want people to reach out to uh listen to this podcast because i think you're gonna hear a lot of cool stories and a lot of cool guys are still out there killing the game man like yeah well thanks man
0: i appreciate it so awesome and you too
1: i'm just i'm just i train jujitsu i teach jujitsu living here in dallas texas so if you guys come through dallas and you want some coffee uh absolutely stop in i'm gonna this time next year, I'm planning to have uh, at least an, uh, another one to two shops put up. So, yeah, just constantly growing. And I have an online, uh, I sell a lot of coffee online. It's real coffee. So, if you're a real coffee drinker, definitely check it out. But if uh, you like Frappuccinos, don't waste my time. Oh, dude, that's awesome myself on real coffee uh, with real ingredients and uh when people drink it that's typically the first thing they say so it became our mission statement just real coffee real ingredients for real coffee drinkers so it's it's not just bean water it's really good stuff so that's awesome yeah i roast it all myself man that's all that's what i do i sit in this garage uh, i'm here and then i go to my coffee shop and i train a little bit too so yeah but that, that's me in a nutshell, man. Um, just uh, I try to enjoy life. And uh, even with all this pandemic stuff that's been going on, it has not slowed me down one bit. I created this company in the middle of uh, COVID. I just couldn't do the corporate world anymore. I actually got really sad. I was really sad. I got uh, what, what people call depressed. I call it, like I found out that was anxiety because I was just mad all the time. Like I was like, you people don't like... What? What do you mean? You're late to work? I don't get it. Like, you can't be late in the military. Like all this stuff, you know. <laughs> just, um, I didn't deal well for. I got out in 2013, and um man, I just I was a grumpy dude <laughs> uh-huh. all the time. Uh, recently, I've I've just kind of learned how to be happy, and I think that was the hardest part for me getting out of know, the military. Was still adjusting Really your life and you know, this uh, this pandemic is a prime example. I, I see a bunch of swimmers just getting out doing awesome things and not letting this, what they call a pandemic, slow them down. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very hard to sit still. And, you know, an object in motion stays in motion. And you yeah, yeah. gotta just keep swimming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, you know, Thank I'm you, going. Dory.
0: Just keep swimming, just yeah, keep swimming. I,
1: I, I was calling myself retired, man. And I, and I decided I was going to do it, and I, I started it and never looked back. And Dude, I that's awesome. A year in right now, and I've sent coffee to over 26 states. And, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles. Of my coffee bags have traveled just this short year. So Dude, that's
0: I, awesome. Um,
1: time of my life, man. And all I'm doing is look, I just surround myself with like-minded people and I have the right conversations and uh, I just don't allow myself to ever get into a slump. It's just surround myself with the right people. And I did that as a swimmer. So I'm, I'm having to relearn lessons I already learned in the civilian world. I'm like, ah, if I just take it back, like I was around swimmers all the time. We were talking about what made it successful. Why am I not doing that now? So now I'm surrounding myself with entrepreneurs who are successful. And we're having the right conversation. So it's the same stuff, man. It, the same stuff they teach in swimmer school, honestly, it can translate over to real life. It's crazy.
0: That's awesome. That's it's awesome. Yeah. I love how you're killing it, man. Still, that's that's awesome.
1: This is what I do full-time, coffee. Uh, I literally, I, people keep asking me, I have a small coffee shop uh, right now. It's my first one. And they're like, you do this full-time? I'm like, yeah. Like, full-time? I'm like, yeah, more than full-time because I'm a business owner. So like, yeah. I have to even when you guys are sleeping. i get stuff
0: going yeah 24 7 rolling i
1: I bag and i ship and then i also set up uh i supply my own coffee shop too. nobody there is no i have no supplier of nobody roasting my own coffee which is actually a big thing a lot of people don't know most coffee shops don't there's only two here in dallas that i know of um that actually roast their own coffee everybody else finds people like me to roast their coffee for them so i do that now too actually people reach out to me they want to start um, their own business and they want to like build their own brand. And a lot of them are doing it with coffee because it's very easy to sell, especially when it's really, really good. Yep. And I'm not I don't put extra caffeine. I don't put uh, BCAAs. Everybody's got something. People are putting CBD in coffee, which is blowing my mind, but they're sacrificing on coffee beans. So yeah, um, yeah I don't do that. So they want to build their brand, uh, which I've already got uh, an influencer that's doing that right now wants to build their brand and um she has purchased co- a, a lot of coffee from me I had a 50 pound order that just went out uh, yesterday nice and bags and she has her own labels and everything and i'm already paid and i'm moving on and when she runs that i want her to succeed because that means she's gonna buy more for me so i support her in any way that i can as far as like giving her advice on shipping and stuff like that and i just think that's how the world should be more it's like be willing to lift others up because as you lift them up, you rise higher. And I've ran into too much of that in the civilian world and the military world. That's why I left the military. People were too willing to step on other people in order to get higher. That's just not the way it works. Uh, no. you know, that when you're in the water and you push someone down, you don't go higher.
0: Right.
1: You actually go lower. And as far as, my yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like morals and everything, all that aside, um, the only way to lift someone up is by, and the only way to rise is by lifting someone up as well. And so I, I've really tried to adopt that, man, and just take that whole culture, see someone that needs help, coaching, you know, when it comes to my business, like not extend myself to where I'm going broke, but man, if I can help out, why not? Because that person's going to remember that. And swimmers did that for me when I was a young shithead swimmer. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping to pay it back and to get pay it, it forward,
0: back. baby. Pay it forward. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so, I yeah, all in all, uh long story short, I miss the brotherhood, but it's always there. It never really left. It's still there. I can reach out to any swimmer anytime, and they're like, dude, I want to buy your coffee. I heard you're a swimmer. Dude, I was, you know, RS number, you know, seven. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 you know, I got buy my coffee. I, awesome. Uh, you know, the, the, the legend. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Get Watson and Hall on board too, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good yeah, luck. You know, every swimmer that uh, I come across, they're, they're very supportive um, about it, which is great. Everybody's lifting each other up, and it's great to see the retirement, and it's great to be see guys uh, doing what you're doing that are still out still doing great things man still uh, keeping the swimmer community alive <laughs> yeah
0: it's been fun it's been fun a lot, people, a lot of people think we're
1: crazy man so it's good to see like-minded people. I, you know
0: what? my wife still thinks i'm a little crazy i'm okay with it
1: maybe i am yeah. <laughs> dude i cannot
0: thank you enough for coming on and sharing your stuff tonight man this is awesome thank Absolutely. you
1: for me. Um, yep. i tend to run, on but it's just exciting to be on here and uh and talk with you guys it was fun. It's
0: good. And, uh, and get your butt to a jujitsu gym and, and get some coffee. I got there's
1: you. Uh, there's nothing nothing in the world like being able to defend yourself and stay caffeinated while doing it. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, your next slogan right there.
1: <laughs> so I I'm Flipping coffee for millions. I'm going to make flip coffee because I named my bulldog Flip. I'm going to put his face on the cover, and then I'm going to make another million.
0: <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it.
1: Right. Awesome. Right on, that. man.
0: And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and like my daughters like to tell me, like and subscribe. Oh, yeah. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story that they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or, if you have any questions about any of the rescues or anything else that we talk about here on this podcast, send me an email, therealrescue at gmail.com. That's T H E R E A L R E S Q at gmail.com. You can also check us out on our Facebook and Instagram page at The Real Rescue. That's at T H E R E A L R E S Q. I also want to give a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember that when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard.